0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event in Bible study for October thirty first, two 2010. Next article is entitled, As Occult Fires Burn, Christianity Fades from Memory. And uh, this is from Raiders News Network. An article by Tim Ross and Martin Beckford for the UK Telegraph this week cites a study published by the Church of England concluding that people born after 1982, known as Generation Y, have only a faded cultural memory of Christianity. Most young people today define themselves as secular, by a secular trinity of family, friends, and reflexive self. The study found giving them an eminent faith based on relationships in this world. And I, I put a note in here, aka existentialism, which is experience or heart based religion. Okay? This is, you know, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. It has a lot to do with also deism, which a lot of our founding fathers were deists, and and it's based on your experience, okay? And you know the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah seventeen nine. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. And so, this is where a lot of people uh, are particularly ones that aren't involved in formal religion. Well, they've always, everybody's got a religion, pretty much. Everybody believes in something. Even if you're an atheist, you believe there's no God. Still, you formed your own little religious system. And this is um, one of the uh, more popular religions now that, that you'll see. Fewer than one in five young people believe in God, who created the world and hears my prayers, and teenagers were more likely to believe in the nicer parts of religious doctrine rather than those about the devil and punishment, the article continues. Their images of God tended to be of an old man with a beard, while pop songs were played at memorial services because the young congregation did not know any hymns. In contrast to the Church of England study, here in the United States, the pagan-driven occult Burning Man Festival... 2010, held weeks ago, was bigger than ever, surpassing last year's tens of thousands of participants as the number of earth-worshipping pagans swelled the ranks of partygoers from across Canada, Brazil, Germany, Russia, and 25 other countries in an isolated corner of the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. So, you didn't know about this. They have this once a year now. It's like this big, gigantic pagan rock festival. Okay, where you know anything goes, all manner of hedonism and these types of things. As in the past, this year's clothing optional. Burning Man offered a no holds barred Woodstock style. It reminds me of like the Golden Calf, where everybody got naked and started. You know, not everybody, but in, in the uh, when Israel had come out of the Promised Land and in in you know Moses came down and. You know, tons of people are naked, dance around the golden calf, and these types of things. Well, this year's clothing optional Burning Man offered a no-holes-barred Woodstock-style festival where neo pagans, Wiccans, which is the white witches, they're the good witches, transvestite entertainers, curiosity seekers, and hedonists went to trance perform, went into trances, perform rituals, burn sacrifices to deities, fornicated, and otherwise express themselves. A 40-foot-high effigy of Burning Man, the spirit caveman, sacred to local Indians and New Agers, was torched, as usual, together with just about everything else at at the close of the festivity. So everything, they just burn everything. Now, I've done, the teaching I I sent out on Halloween gets a lot into the actual uh, formation, early formations of Halloween with the Druids. And how they had a wicker man. And there's even a, and I don't advise you go watch the show. It's with Nicolas Cage. It's called The Wicker Man, and it's about this. And it's, he ends up getting burned in one of these giant wicker men, which is no different, really, that I believe, than this burning man at the end of the show. And they do it to their pagan gods in order, typically for a good harvest, is, is usually the excuse that they'll use, um, where they, they perform a human sacrifice. At least once a year, in order to assure, uh, assure a good harvest, there was even an earlier version of the Wicker Man show. Um, an earlier version, like from the seventies, I believe. And this stuff really does happen, and it has happened for hundreds of years. And it's a human sacrifice that they'll that they'll use uh, if if they can get one, if they can procure one. And um, it's a sick. It's just sickening. I mean, it's so incomprehensibly sickening, but. That's, uh, that's what's going on. Now, I, I guarantee you, if there's not any type of human sacrifice going on at Burning Man currently, it's just a matter of time before the real thing comes to Burning Man. So, Jeremiah 10.2 says, Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. We're not to learn the way of the heathen. This isn't something that, you know, obviously we're supposed to be doing or learning. Deuteronomy 18.9 says, When thou art coming to the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. Now this is a big reason why I say, where Cam and all this other stuff that's being perpetuated, it's God's God's letting it happen. Just like he's going to let the strong delusion, happen. in fact, God's going to send the strong delusion according to second Thessalonians chapter two. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And in the end time some will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. First Timothy four one. So, I mean, these are, these are things that, um, is gonna, they're gonna happen. Okay, uh, you just want to make sure you're not part of that sucked up into the strong delusion and giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible makes it clear that evil men in the in the end times, evil men and seducers shall wax. That word means to grow. They will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So these people at the Burning Man festival are not only. Um, deceived, but they go around deceiving others. They're deceiving and being deceived. So, and they'll try to they'll try to indoctrinate you into their religion if you let them. So, the spirit of the occult has existed since the beginning of time, like an insidious cancer, unseen. Patient, deadly, it has grown. Indications of its presence are felt, and confirmations of its actuality have been documented from Black Rock Desert to Washington, D.C. As we approach the accumulation of the New World Order, cult experts forecast a continuing revival of such mysticism. In uh, this black awakening, as you've heard that term. As the church attendance continues to decline across Britain and the United States, adherents of the occult will expand their services... To meet the desires and mystical interests of spirit of the spiritually hungry world, don't be surprised to see your friends getting sucked up into this. Possibly, and this is why you know I put out this information so you can warn people. Now I give you um, a whole bunch of different ones of my teachings that I've done on the subject. Done a lot of teachings on witchcraft. Uh, the first series I give you are my four-part teaching on witchcraft, the coming one-world religion. Okay, and I, there's a. I give you all the links there. You can click on them and and hear that, because witchcraft will be the essence of a coming one-world religion. New Age expert Judy Vorfield emailed me to confirm that, quote, dabbling in the realm of the occult is currently stylish. Even some Christians seem unable to avoid the attraction of this colorful, seductive world. She's right. From Burning Man festivals to public school, environmental education, faddish television, good guys and bad girls, today's generation is lapping up as much New Age occultianity as they can get their hands on. Whether it's comic book heroes that teach youth the dangerous idea that a person can be in league with the devil and still be a good person, or the syncretistic goals of the Burning Man, the glowing fire of the pagan revival can no longer be denied. Now here I give you a couple more links, which are entitled, Witchcraft Practices Biblically Exposed and Defined. So you can understand, what what does the Bible encompass as witchcraft? What does what the Bible, you know... So I, I get into that, in that teaching. And again, this is the PDF that will be associated with the teaching for 1031 10 Okay, up on contendingfortruth.com. Or other places that it might be up on the internet, because there's other sites that, that do put the, the teachings up. And God bless them. From a biblical standpoint, powerful and ancient entities are behind the increase in paganism. In the air above and the earth beneath are nefarious progenitors of esoteric mysticism. Demons to some and gods to others. Such forces have numerous titles. They can appear in hideous forms. or as beautiful angels of light. They are the wicked spirits um, that we're talking about in Ephesians 6.12. Wicked spirits, um, uh, derived from the word ponera, which is a collective body of demon soldiers comprising Satan's hordes. Rulers of darkness or cosmocrators. Or, which are the governing spirits of darkness, powers, which is derived from the uh, Greek word excosia, which are high-ranking powers of evil, and principalities, or which is derived from the Greek word archi, which means commanding generals over Satan's fallen army. Because see, there's different rankings in Satan's army. okay, Just like in a regular army, the same way, to a certain extent. As the gods and goddesses of the underworld, they live today and are manifesting themselves among pagans, witches, new-agers, and churchgoers, in at least the following ways. Now, here's just some of the names of different devils, demons, and evil entities that you may encounter, or maybe plaguing people that you know. Aphrodite, who is the supposed goddess of sensuality, fertility, rites, wicked rituals and sacred prostitutions. Amon Ra, who is the god of self sexual gratification, self realization, environmentalism, Darwinism. Now, there's a lot of overlap here too. Apis. Animal worship, animal rights, animal channeling, occultianity, Apollo, humanism, oracles, channeling, physics, drugs, visualization, Artemis, goddess worship, animal worship, extreme animals' rights, and lesbianism. Now, what I'm doing is I'm giving the name and what they're primarily associated with, these different fallen angels. Asclepius, which we talked about the rod of Asclepius before. How there's a difference between the rod of Asclepius and the caduceus, which have a lot to do with the medical, uh, or the pharmakia sorcery system that we have set up today in the modern day, um, medical. And the rod of Asclepius is, is, is was part of that. Asclepius was New Age holistic medicine, psychic dreaming, spirit guide, animals, and these things. Uh, Athene, goddess worship. And I don't mean Athena, it says Athene. Goddess worship, feminism, the spirituality movement, lesbianism. Baal, some people refer to him as Baal. Oracles, polytheism, abortion, fertility issues, Demeter, environmental education, earth worship, goddess worship, Dionysus, drunkenness, Freudianism, ecstasy, pornography, lesbianism, abortion, Eros, which is where we get the word erotic derived from, eroticism, eroticism, sorry, mystic sex, body worship, body piercing, sacred prostitution, Gaia, earth worship, environmentalism, paganism, pantheism, sweat lodges, wow, sweat lodges, wasn't aware of that, Geb, environmental movement, animal rights, eco-paganism, Hades, devil worship, occultism, spiritism, necromancy. Necromancy is supposedly talking to the dead. All you're you're doing is talking to some familiar spirit that was familiar with some dead person. And they're mimicking them. That's all you're doing when you, you think you're talking to the dead. Hathor. Goddess worship. Earth worship. Animal rights. Animal worship. Hecate. Witchcraft. Necromancy. Crystals. Spells. Druidism. Feminism. Hika. Mysticism. Demonism. Extreme animal rights. Environmentalism. Hypnos, which is uh, associated with hypnotism, psychic dreaming, prognostication, ESP, clairvoyance. And don't ever get hypnotized. Uh, it's not good. Imhotep, which is associated with mystic healing, animal dancing, holistic medicine, vision quests. Isis, which is associated with Wicca, witchcraft, goddess worship, magic, channeling, visualization. Min and Kitesh. Fertility Rites, Body Worship, Sensuality, Pornography, Osiris, Occultianity, Necromancy, Anthropomorphism, Occultism, Spiritism, is Associated with Animism, Zoroastrianism, Dualism, Magic, Necromancy, Pita, Associated with Universalism, Pantheism, Mysticism, New Age, Holistic Medicine, Sekhmet, Associated with Environmentalism, Mystic Medicine, Animal Worship, Sef associated with homosexuality, rebellion, earth worship, environmental movement, vaktik, devil worship, channeling, trancing, visualization, necromancy, and finally Zeus. Now, granted, this is just a partial list. Obviously, you couldn't list all the fallen angels or whatever. But just to give you an idea um, of what's going on here. Zeus, Satanism, transsexualism, pantheism, oracles, and animal worship. By whatever names they may otherwise be called, the underworld spirits elevated in Burning Man are gathered, um, are gathering the combined forces of the kingdom of Satan toward a conspiracy of apocalyptic proportions. All Burning Man is, if you really think about it, is just one big witchcraft ceremony to invoke these spirits into our realm of existence and into our plane of existence. And these people are basically just inviting to be, be more and more and more demon-possessed. That's really what it's about. As a consequence, we are experiencing an unprecedented pagan revival mirrored by church abandonment at a time when the United States and Britain are considered the most advanced economic technological powers on Earth. Lucifer, our arch enemy, controls one of the most powerful and well-oiled oil, oil, oiled machines in the universe. He controls principalities, powers, and dominions. Uh, Every nation, city, village, and individual has felt the hot breath of his evil power. He is already gathering the nations of the world for the last great battle in the war against Christ at Armageddon. But many pagans, such as attending the Burning Man, would disagree, saying they reject the idea of personal evil spirits, including Satan and his angels. They're that delusional. They, they, They reject that. They just want the good stuff. They just want to be able to do what they want to do. And they don't think they're ever going to have to pay a price. You know. The concepts of hell and the great judgment are also disregarded, but the reality of hell and the doom of Satan's followers is described in the Bible. The old gods of the underworld will be destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ and his followers. The Lord will tremble, be a terror, will be terrible unto them, for he will famish all the gods of the earth. Zephaniah two eleven. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saith Behold, I will punish the gods. And that's one of the things that they say. He will punish the gods. Jeremiah 46.25, Jesus will also punish the leader of gods, that old serpent called the devil and his human followers. And Isaiah, it says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of the place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth shall also disclose her blood. Now, that's pretty interesting. And it says, The earth shall also disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. In that day, the Lord, with his sore and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, and shall also slay the dragon that is in the sea. Isaiah 26, 20-27. So, it says the earth shall disclose her blood. Remember, I said the blood of the innocents cries out from the land? I mean, Abel's blood did. You know, it defiles the land. The Bible's very clear on that. There's going to come a, some point where the earth will actually disclose her blood and she'll no more cover her slain. So, that's just more confirmation that, you know, the blood literally does defile the land. And um, there's going to come a point, though, when the earth is going to disclose it. However futile, the pagan gods will retaliate, and the battle of indescribable, indescribable intensity will occur. It will be fought on land and sea, in the heavens above, and the earth below, in the physical and spiritual world. It will include Michael, uh, God's angels, fighting against the dragon, and the dragon fighting in, um, with his demonic force and horde. According to the Bible, last days pagans will join the battle calling upon idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood uh, to summon the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth to gather them to the battle of the great day to a place called in the Hebrew, Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And that was uh, excerpts from Revelation 12.7, Revelation 9.20, and Revelation 16.13-14 through 14, and verse 16. There in the valley of Megiddo, where the omnipotent Jesus Christ will utterly repel the forces of darkness and destroy the pagan armies. Blood will flow like rivers and the fowl of the air will eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Between now and then, true Christians have the opportunity to pre- preach the same gospel that caused the pagan oracle at Delphi to surrender to, in, 16, in 362 AD, to the Christian physician of the Emperor Julian. The oracle sent a message um, saying to tell the king that, a cure, that, the curious built, that the curiously built temple has fallen to the ground, that bright Apollo no longer has a roof over his head, or the prophetic laurel, or babbling spring. Yes, even the murmuring water has dried up. That was what the oracle of Delphi was uh, told the king. And then it, go, it ends by saying whether the gospel will be preached, that is the question. So I think they just bring up some great points. I wanted to touch on that because it's always good to understand and get back to the fact that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the princes and the principalities and the rulers of wickedness, the things that we just talked about there. The specific things. And that's why the Bible says to take up the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wicked one. That the, battle, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. And so, those are things always important to bear in mind and always get back to because it's very easy to get our eyes fixated on the actual physical things when in reality the primary battle is a spiritual one. So, let's go forward here. Next article is uh, Catholics overwhelmingly support homosexual unions, which this was kind of surprising to me. But I, after I read it, I, I I'm going to make a comment here. Catholics. Now, this is from a Catholic website. Okay, Catholics overwhelmingly support legal recognition of homosexual unions. Okay, so they forty percent of white Catholics and 46% of Latino Catholics support same-sex marriage. While an additional 36% of white Catholics and 22% of Latino Catholics support same-sex civil unions. Only 19% of white Catholics and 30% of Latino Catholics oppose the legal recognition of homosexual unions. Overall, 37% of Americans support same-sex marriage. So... I thought this rather telling: forty-one percent of white Catholics and forty-six percent of Latino Catholics. So, if you take that as an average, forty-three percent of these two Catholic groups support same-sex marriage, where a man can be remarried to a man. You know, it's it's you know Adam and Steve in their eyes, not Adam and Eve. That's what they would say. But anyway, but overall, thirty-seven percent of Americans support same-sex marriage. Do you realize 37% of just regular Americans, which is a lower percentage than Catholics, who claim to be, you know, Christians, that's what they claim to be. They claim, well, we're the mother church, we're the real Christians. All you Protestants just came out of us. That's why I don't call myself a Protestant, because I'm not. I'm not from that. I don't I don't want to take anything spawning from the Catholic religion. Um, anyway... The 37%, which is a lower percentage of basically, I would assume, mostly secular America, would support same-sex marriage. That's that's pretty scary stuff there, you know. Um, so, in 2006, only 26% of Americans supported same-sex marriage. But now it's already up to, my word, only four years later, and now it's went from 26% to 37 See, man's mind is becoming more and more darkened with sin. Now, I have a comment here. I said, hmm, I wonder if the same homosexual spirits that have invaded and possessed the Catholic priesthood, homosexual slash pedophilic spirits, that have invaded and possessed the Catholic priesthood may be influencing the Catholic faithful themselves to be sympathetic to the cause of homosexuality. I mean, let's face it, they're part of that cult. They're part of that. And and, and they're putting themselves in um, subjection to these same priests, which, you know, an incredibly large percentage of them are homosexuals, whether they want to admit it or not. It all goes with the demonic infestation of becoming a Catholic priest. I, I guess it makes sense that these people, by and large, would be more sympathetic to homosexual unions... Um, because look who they've set themselves under. Just kind of wanted to throw that in. And then I give you two teachings I've done, one entitled Catholic Priest Pedophiles, and also Catholic Doctrines of Devils. I know I'm kind of sugarcoating it there, but hey, somebody's got to do it. Sorry, just kidding. Anyway, um, next article. Christian yoga fans rebuffed Southern Baptist leader. So these, yoga, these Christian yoga people are... are, are or rebuffing a Southern Baptist leader. Southern Baptist leader who's calling for Christians to avoid yoga and its spiritual attachments is getting plenty of pushback from enthusiasts who defend the ancient practice. Southern Baptist Seminary President Albert Moeller says that stretching and meditative discipline derived from Eastern religions is not a Christian pathway to God. Moeller said he objects to the idea that the body is a vehicle for researching for reaching consciousness with the divine. He said, that's just not Christianity, Moller told the Associated Press. Moller said the feedback has come through an email and comments on blogs and other websites since he wrote an essay to address questions about yoga he has heard for many years. He says, I'm really surprised by the depth of commitment to yoga found on the part of many who identify themselves as Christians. You know, it's this is just typical. Typical stuff. Now, I've done a whole two-part series on exposing yoga, entitled Yoga Exposed. I give you the two links there. I like to throw that in every once in a while because I you know, I get a lot of new listeners and they may not be aware of this information. And if anybody's been around yoga, I have. Because my mom was a really big adherent of it. And I had a lot of that growing up, the conditioning with all that. And, you know, it's just... Basically one branch of repackaged Hinduism that's been turned into this thing. I not have a problem with stretching, you know, and these types of things. But yoga, you're subjecting yourself to some really demonic stuff when you participate in yoga. Whether you want to admit it or not, you are. And I get into that. I don't want to say anything more about that because I thoroughly address that subject in the two teachings that I provide you. Next article. It's entitled, I voted Republican and the machine-checked Democrat. I wanted to touch on the subject because I have before, but so much of the sis boom ba rah-rah-rah, you don't have any right to say anything if you don't get out and vote. And this and that. And, you know, if the vote mattered, it'd be one thing. I think we would better devote our time to getting on our knees and praying about different issues like that at this point. Because the voting process is so rigged and it's particularly now with these electronic voting machines, and it's so easily provable. And it's not even my research. A lot of this is secular research that have proven this. Uh, this is from then it shows a dibold voting machine. This is just from 1026 just five days ago. Craven County voter says he, tur- he had a near miss at the polls on Thursday when an electronic voting machine completed his straight party ticket for the opposite of what he had intended. Sam Laughinghouse, what a name, Sam Laughinghouse of New Bern said he pushed the, boat, the button to vote Republican and all, in all races, but the voting machine screened a, displayed a ballot with all Democrats checked. He cleared the screen, and tried again, and the same result. He said then he asked for and received the help from election staff. They pushed it twice, and the same thing happened, Laughing House said. That was four times in a row. The fifth time they pushed it, and the Republicans came up, and I voted. Now, this is incredibly common, and we're going to see this. I'm going to play you some sound clips. But that way they can rig the votes where you have, every, for every you know, four people... That vote on a particular machine. It might not be every machine but for on this particular machine, for every four vote and it's going it's going to register Democrat and the Republicans come up once or, or whatever however they want to rig it. Here's another one, Fraud in Vegas. I went to vote and Harry Reid's name was already checked. Some voters in Boulder City said they were concerned about the fraud of the electronic ballot box. Fierce said she wasn't alone in her voting experience. She said her husband and several others voting at the same time all had the same thing happen. Something's not right, Fierce said. One person, that's a fluke. Two, that's strange. But several within a five-minute period, that's wrong. Here's another one, and I'm going to play you this clip. This is the GOP vote fraud smoking gun video clip that was banned from CNN, Fox, and NBC, we're going to get a chance to see this. This is Bev Harris from Black Box Voting at blackboxvoting.org. Black box voting, not .com, but .org. Okay, because the .com one's like the opposite, trying to disprove it, you know, because they've got their damage control system set up. But Bev Harris from Black Box Voting was blackballed by all networks. This is her last CNN report after Ms. Harris participated in the HBO documentary Hacking Democracy, which will also play you a clip from that. I mean, this is this is so flagrantly obvious, this stuff that's going on, and yet nobody's talking about this. They're just talking about, get out and vote, get out and do this. Okay, sorry about that. That clip kind of started playing there. And this is from, from Lou Dobbs interviewing... Um, her Bev Harris and a, a friend of hers regarding this, and this was the last time. Now, Lou Lou Dobbs wasn't on CNN very much longer after this. I don't think either. Um, but they got to Lou Dobbs, evidently. But um, not to say that you know he wasn't part of the establishment or whatever. But it seemed at least Lou Dobbs had put out some really good things re- regarding exposing a lot of the different evils and on illegal immigration and things of that nature. And then all of a sudden, you know, he just turned tail, and run. Well, um, this is the last interview, and this is the one that was banned, and she was banned from all the networks after this, because they cannot have this level of truth getting out.
1: E-voting machines will count at least three out of every four votes cast in next week's election. But the e-voting machines may not be reliable. They may not be safe from tampering. If the voting process is not secure, then our very democracy is at risk. A new documentary, Hacking Democracy, is set to air on HBO Thursday evening, telling the story of writer-turned-voter activist Bev Harris. She joins us now, and along uh, with Bev, Hugh Thompson, chief security strategist at the firm Security Innovations. Good to have you both here. Bev, we have been reporting here. I know you've been working on this issue for years. How, How dire do you think the threat is come Tuesday? I think Tuesday's going to be pretty rough. It may look okay on Tuesday, but in the 10 days following, I think we're going to find a lot of records that don't match up, and there's going to be a lot of confusion. A lot of confusion? Do you think, we hear from our viewers all the time, concerned in a partisan way about what will happen with these four, these machines manufactured by four basic manufacturers. Uh, they, They view these machines not only suspiciously in terms of the of the the software that they use, the way in which they're designed and operated, but they think there's true partisan influence. Do you agree? Well, I think on both sides. You see, the the problem with the machines is whoever has custody of the machines has a tremendous advantage if they choose to manipulate the election. And I, I just I, I cannot imagine you how we got to a situation where the federal government is spending billions of dollars to buy machines that can be opened with uh, mini bar keys. Uh, that can be tampered with. It, it's kind of scary when you kind of take the analogy of electronic voting machines
2: with other machines that have huge consequences of failure that people put their trust in. Like when I get into an elevator to come to this interview, right, or when I go on an airplane, I believe that somebody that knows a lot about airplanes and knows a lot about elevators has checked these things out for safety and security. But the kind of flaws that we've found just sort of show that that checking
1: really isn't being done. In in the documentary, one example of the way these machines can fail uh, is the uh, case of Susan uh, Berniker, a Republican candidate uh, from New Orleans, uh, as you well know, who ran for city council. Uh, Let's take a look at what happened. This is where I came the day that the uh, warehouses are open to the candidates to inspect. So I came here with an old college buddy. He grabbed his camera, and I asked him to show me how the machine worked. So I just started fooling around with the machine. And it's when I press the button next to my name, and then I look down and I see Mr. Gamble-Luca's name in the display when I press Susan Burdhacher. What do you think? Uh, All too common, unfortunately. Well, she obviously wasn't too pleased about that, (laughs) uh, as I can imagine. Yes, uh, as we all can imagine. Uh, This has already happened in early voting down in Florida, as uh, Kitty Pilgrim reported here tonight, how did we get to this, to the point that four basic manufacturers uh, making these machines, uh, using uh, laboratories to test and verify their equipment, that the, that the companies pay rather than independent federal agencies doing so, or even state agencies. How did we get here, you? You know, it's interesting that the folks that are actually verifying the machines,
2: it's kind of like asking me, right? So my PhD's in mathematics, and it's like asking me to verify the flightworthiness of a Boeing 737. I, I don't know anything about planes or avionics, but I can say, well, it's got a couple of engines, it's got a big fin on the back, looks like it's good to go. There's somebody sitting in the front seat, and that's what's happening with voting machines. You have people that don't understand software security that are saying, okay, it adds two votes
1: together, let's push it off. So we really need new standards. And the idea that these companies, with their proprietary software, and this is the part I really love, uh, are basically in control of the election because no one can verify what they're doing except the their own uh, employees. What are we going to do? Well, one of the things, it's too late for this election to really do any fundamental changes. And so one of the things we need to do is really document the heck out of this situation. And, you know, in 2004, we had people telling stories. This time we need to be out there with video cameras and get public records so that we can really tell the story of what happens. Well, then the d- we're going to need to solve it long-term. Well, the d Corporation is not happy about this documentary, so we want to uh, issue, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, issue right. this request to HBO. <laughs> they said, The material errors and material misrepresentations are so egregious that HBO should pull the documentary. Failing that, a pre-airing rebuttal and disclaimer are not only appropriate, but also in the best interest of HBO and its subscribers. Now, we talked with the representatives of HBO earlier. They said they plan uh, to stand by the documentary. They have no plans to withdraw it. I'm sure that pleases you. It does anyone interested in uh, free speech and expanding the public knowledge and the public's right to know. They also say that... uh, the documentary Hole" refers to isn't the same one that HBO will air. I mean, yeah, what's Yeah, here's going a good on?
2: thing. You know, if you're going to make a letter like that, it would be good to actually watch the documentary. That, that, that would be advisable. Would be right?
1: but, 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 you know, the,
2: the interesting issue is the documentary really isn't about a particular company or a particular voting system.
1: It's more about, you know, we don't have standards to verify these things. And we should point out, uh, uh, we have been doing intensive reporting on this broadcast. We want to point out that Hole has not, uh, ever accepted my invitation to join me here to talk about it, uh, which we find remarkable. Uh, we thank you both. We uh, wish you good luck, Beth Hugh. Thank, thank you very so great much. Great thank you.
0: So that was the uh, soundbite. Now that's pretty old there, and but yet, you know, that was voter fraud has been going on for decades. Decades, I mean, on this type of level. And now, with the electronic voting, it's so much easier for them to rig votes. Now, the proprietary software that this small group of companies has, and it's also been proven that um, the, people, the, the people that own these companies are typically uh, heavily connected with different aspects of uh, different candidates and the New World Order and things of this nature. So it's truly the fox guarding the hen house. Uh, the next thing is the um, documentary uh, titled "Uncounted," which you can go up and, and watch HBO's "Hacking Democracy." I believe you can watch that on YouTube. You can also—I'll give you a link to watch the trailer for. It's called "Uncounted," uh, the the uh, an explosive documentary that shows how the election fraud that changed the outcome of the 2004 election led to even greater fraud in 2006 and now looms as an unbridled threat to the outcome of the 2010 elections. The controversial feature film length is brought to you by Emmy Award winner David Earnhardt, um, and it's called "Encounter," a Documentary About the Voting System Under Threat Watch. So I'm going to go ahead and play this trailer for you on this as well. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start this clip.
1: Voters turned out in record numbers and delivered an historic victory. Gates say the president sees his victory as a clear mandate. Everything we know about this election tells us the exit polls were right. George Bush lost this election. The scope of the theft is almost unfathomable. In some of the precincts, there was an 80% undervote. That means eight out of ten people who came to the poll did not care enough about the presidential race to vote. I don't think so. The targeting of people of color is very computerized. We
2: had testimony that some people stayed 12 hours in the line. And it was so blatantly obvious that the inner-city machines were missing. Computers are the new 21st century threat to the voting process. With these machines, you can alter the outcome of the national election undetectably this new breed of activists who no longer trust the way our election system goes. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney that did just that. In the 2000 election, there were 180,000 uncounted votes in Florida. He had a very simple concept, that you should be able to verify your vote, just like you can verify the money you get out of an AT. yeah, machine. I put in that tape and start listening. It was smoking gun proof that people was using illegal, uncertified software in their voting machines, that they knew it was illegal. It could change the outcome of every election. Whoever was in power could stay in power. What he found was an extraordinary threat to national security.
1: The notion of stolen elections is something we assign to third world countries, but not to this beacon of freedom and democracy that we'd like to view ourselves as. To look at the pattern of the past few elections, we have every reason to believe that the
0: 2008 election is going to be manipulated. Anyway, that's, a, that's the documentary, Uncounted. And I give you the link on to go there. You can order the DVD. I, again, the one thing I haven't seen this year a lot of is it seemed there was more action back in two thousand eight, two thousand seven, two thousand six. I don't know whether people have just kind of given up or what, but I haven't seen a lot of of uh, outcry about this. I, I see what I'm seeing now is oh, you better go out and vote, and if you don't vote, shut your mouth type of thing. And well. <laughs> You know, it's such a rigged game at this point that uh, I just can't believe more of this. This is what I always go back to. This is a foundational issue here, you know, when when we talk about this particular subject. It's a foundational issue. And, and if you've got this massive voter fraud going on, and it is. I mean, that one computer programmer guy, I believe for Diebold, admitted flat out that he wrote these programs to rig elections. And he was one of their main guys. And this was under oath in front of a a huge jury. And I'll give you the uh, link to hear the whole thing, which leads me into the next little thing here. And it's entitled, How the U.S. Vote Can Be Stolen Again. A very credible computer programmer explains under oath, oath how he was hired by the Republican Speaker of the House in Florida to create a few lines of computer codes designed easily and stealthily tamper with the voting results of electronic voting machines and central tabulators and that that can self-destruct if anyone tries to decompile the whole program to try to discover it if it contains any such illicit codes, making the scam virtually undetectable. He also states that any significant discrepancy between exit polls and the official vote tallies is a sure sign there has been a widespread vote fraud. And the exit polls almost never match up with what's going on. And, you know, this can happen on a local level, but I believe it more happens on the, the, uh, the regional, the national level more than anything. Because those are the guys that really make the decisions, and in, in the big decisions, and these types of things. So, yeah, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to cover that, because it, it is a gigantically huge problem that, uh, that does exist. I was looking at the amount of material I have left here. I'm going to go ahead and go to part four, see if we can cover this next part in a part four. And uh, that will wrap it up for today. So I'll see you in the next part.